Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from the Junior Faculty Workgroup at Yale Pediatrics. My name is Kathleen Corbin. I'm a pediatric rheumatologist and assistant professor in pediatrics. And my name is Jaspreet Loyal. I'm a pediatric hospitalist and also an assistant professor in pediatrics. Today's session is about mentoring. Today, we are joined by two esteemed members of the pediatric faculty. Welcome, Elijah Paintsell and Eugene Shapiro. We, we asked Elijah and Jean to join us for this podcast because of their work in creating a formal mentoring program for junior faculty in Yale Pediatrics, which we will talk about in a few moments, and because they're both highly regarded mentors in the department. Elijah and Jean, can you please take a moment to introduce yourselves? I'm Jean. Elijah Painso, uh, Pediatric Infectious Diseases. I'm... I'm Gene Shapiro, and I do both general pediatrics, pediatric infectious diseases. I'm associate chair for research in pediatrics. Great. Welcome to you both. So here are our objectives for this session. By the end of the session, we hope that listeners will be able to assess qualities of a good mentee-mentor relationship and establish goals for success and know how to find a mentor through the mentoring program in our department. So let's get started. Um, can you tell us how, uh, each of you tell us how you became involved in mentorship at Yale? Well, I've been mentoring for a long time because I like doing it. Uh, but uh, I sort of got into formal uh, stuff when there was a, there's a mentorship, a mentoring curriculum originally developed at the University of Wisconsin-Madison uh, originally for uh, mentors of PhD students or postdocs in the biological sciences, but it was adapted by the CTSAs, which is a big clinical and translational science award program at now at 60 different schools. Uh, and it's become, they, they changed the curriculum to apply now for behavioral scientists and translational scientists and clinical scientists. And it was actually tested in, uh, in a randomized clinical trial to test the effectiveness of it. And I was involved with that and have continued to teach a course on mentoring for uh, about nine years, once a year, or, or more than once a year here at Yale. I got involved um, about two years ago when the chair of pediatrics, then interim chair Cliff, uh, was trying to figure out how best can we institutionalize or have a, a central sort of uh, mentoring, faculty mentoring program. And I was invited to join the committee with uh, Jean and others uh, to look at how effectively junior faculty can be mentored. And uh, I have been a mentee myself and I have gone through several mentors. So uh, I thought at that point that I probably could bring to the table some of the experiences that I have had uh, during my uh, 16, 17 years uh, at Yale. This is a perfect segue. Elijah, can you tell us a little bit about your mentors when you were new faculty at Yale and how you found your mentor? So when I first came to Yale as a uh, pediatric infectious disease fellow, our program actually has uh, it's well organized and uh, 
before even you come in, uh, there will be a list of potential mentors that you could be talking to. When I interviewed here, uh, I got that list. And so even before I got here, I have spoken to a few people and I had settled on one of them uh, at the time, uh, Professor um, uh, Lou Alexander. And so it was very easy. I knew I was going to work with Lou, and that, and that is because our section has that in place um, uh, for all uh, fellows and then junior faculty. So when I transitioned from fellowship to junior faculty, I was already in in it. And, and just to follow up, what were some of the positive aspects of those mentoring relationships, and what were some of the challenging aspects? Um, I think it's it's overall it was very positive. Even the the challenges actually ended up becoming uh, good for me in a way. And I think what I took from that early stage mentoring uh, experience that I had is that you as the mentee also have to have an expectation and uh, have objectives. And I was a little bit naive, so at the time. I wasn't in the driver's seat. So most of the challenges that occurred were just because I was a passenger. I was very passive. Looking back, if I had really driven the show, I probably would have gotten the maximum out of it. And what do I mean by uh, being in the driver's seat? You, As a mentee, you have to have objectives. What do you want? What do you want to achieve? And then also be able to figure out in your mentor what are some of the subject areas or disciplines that you would want to benefit from? You, you, ju- you just don't want to be like your mentor. There are some characteristics of your mentor or expertise that you want together. When I started, I really didn't know that. So I didn't, it took me time. And I think it was uh, just after my fellowship that I realized that if I really want to get um, a lot from this relationship. I have to be in charge, define what I wanted, and go for it from my mentor. That's really interesting. Gene, how about you? What was your uh, experience like as a junior faculty? Was I'm trying to remember. I don't know if my memory goes back that far. Um, I've been here for 35 years. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, I remember... When I joined the faculty, John Leventhal was already on the faculty, and I still remember the first thing he said to me is, the good thing about my job is that nobody knows or cares what I do. The bad thing about my job is that nobody knows or cares what I do. And uh, there there wasn't anything like a formal mentoring program or uh, back then, and I kind of found my way on my own from research, I, I, I had completed a fellowship. I was a Robert Wood Johnson clinical scholar here. And um, my research mentor was actually about the same age as me, and we were friendly. And he, he was here for a couple more years before he left. I actually wrote a, a grant as a practice grant in the fellowship, and it got amazingly, it got funded by the National Institute on Health. Uh, I I joined the faculty in July and I was funded in September, so I had plenty to work on, and he helped me some with that. Uh, but a lot of it was trial and error for me. 
So um, to change gears a little bit, could you tell us about the mentoring program um, in our department for junior junior faculty um, that um, you helped to run? Maybe, Jean, you could start telling us how the program sure. works. So it turns out that um, the, the idea is to try to just set people up with an appropriate mentor. Uh, all junior faculty need to have a mentor. Now, Many, some many already do have a mentor or or no and and that's fine and they don't need to find somebody else if they think so although I will say and you'll probably maybe you're going to get to this later that uh, you need more than one mentor I mean most mentors can't be all things to all people <clears throat> um, but the idea was that we would uh, try to find or help junior faculty connect to appropriate mentors, um, the the process has shifted a little bit now in that it's really uh, become the responsibility of the section chief of each section to meet with the members of the section and to make sure the per- each faculty member has a mentor. Uh, and if they need, if they don't or they need a different one, to help find that person. And uh, at this point, we're really here to kind of help support that. Uh, Specifically, uh, people should contact us if you need help and and especially if your section chief is not providing that guidance. We're in the process of kind of getting gearing up and getting going. We're still waiting for administrative assistance to come on on board. But the idea is that we will be sending out follow-up surveys to everybody to make sure whether such meetings have happened and if there are problems and so on. Okay, great. And Elijah, maybe you could elaborate a little on expectations about meetings that um, mentees and mentors have together, how often, and what kinds of goals are set or what kinds of topics are covered? So when, when we started with the program, uh, we had, we sent out questionnaire both to the mentors and the mentees. Um, and um, what we really wanted to know was what areas that the mentees wanted and also uh, find out the strength of the mentors, available mentors, so that we'll be able to uh, match up with them. There's really not uh, we, we were expecting that at least they would uh, meet at least two to three times a year, and we were expecting that they should be able to meet more often depending on uh, what is going on in the mentee's life or uh, research. And then also we uh, wanted that to be a process so that uh, the mentees could come back to us um, and sort of not just report on their mentors, but um, tell the committee about the relationship, what are some of the things they have learned and how best can we shape it. And uh, We wanted it to be a moving target, so to speak, uh, and so that you will not stay in a a mentee-mentor relationship. That is not helpful. That's why uh, we adapted to doing this frequent uh, reviews. I think one of the things that really... uh, brought this whole program up is the fact that most junior faculties would will come in here 
and uh, are not conversant with how to navigate the academic maze at Yale. They are not conversant with the, what to do to get promoted. So uh, having a committee, we thought that would also have an oversight so that uh, the I mean, not all mentee uh, mental relationship would be fruitful. And so if somebody gets to that point, then what we do, we have to uh, help such a person. So that's why we have the program. And uh, like Jean said, uh, I think we're going to really decentralize it, uh, have the section chiefs take responsibility. But at the uh, uh, department level, there will be an oversight. I mean, there will be accountability. And I think the committee will still be put to work in, in, in that regard. So I had a follow-up question for you both. Um, starting with you, Elijah, going back to this idea of formalizing a mentorship program, both of you talked a little bit about how there was some trial and error in figuring out who your mentors were ultimately. What are the benefits of having a formal program versus just trying to, to find mentors on your own? Uh, the first advantage is uh, one, uh, like uh, Elias said, it's a process. So uh, if you, you have a formal program, I think you really put the mentee and the mentor both at ease that this is a process. This is work in progress and that uh, we and as Gene said, and I also experienced this try and error basis. So we have formalized that. I mean, it's like you, the two people, or this is your mentee, this is your mentor. Can you guys try to develop each other? And so that that becomes a more legitimate and formalized um, um, try and error. Again, you you will not be able to match people 100%. They, they are bound to be issues and we may even be wrong in the marching, but we were there as a process to help. And then also uh, the, the fact that we have this program uh, in and by itself, I think it's very helpful because of the evaluation. And I think it, it also gave um, sort of voice to mentees that you, you have a committee that you can come to and talk to about your development or if you think you're not getting what um, you were expecting. And before we started this program, I mean, we made it very clear what are the expectations of the relationship. And uh, we had come to appreciate that relationship to be a mentee having uh, an advisor, a teacher, and a friend if it, if it gets to that point. And then I was sort of a coach, a, a career coach. And so those were the things that we were looking for in that relationship. And, and then, Jean, my question for you regarding um, your comment about having multiple mentors, it, this is something that I learned from you um, in one of the seminars you gave for one of our junior faculty workgroup meetings. Um, can you speak more about that? Why is it important to have more than one mentor? There are lots of different issues that arise. Some are related to work, different aspects of work, research, uh, clinical care, getting along with people, work-life balance, family issues, moving, promotion. And not all mentors are equally expert and 
superb in all areas. There are a few maybe that are pretty good, but nobody's really can, you know, and and furthermore, it's good to even bounce, you know, uh, ideas off of other people because they, they may be thinking of things that that your primary mentor hasn't or they may know people that your primary mentor doesn't know and connections they can give you. So there are, there are a lot of reasons for that. Let me just add a little to what uh, Elijah said about the formal program. Just the idea of having a program uh, gives, the, uh, gives some validity to the idea. So there may be new faculty who are feeling, oh, my God, you know, what is this place? This is a huge place. I don't know, you know, is it okay to ask for something? And you don't have, that, that becomes a non-issue. Um, in addition, we can, we have, this is not the first uh, place that has ever wanted to have mentors in place. And there are articles and studies written about that and guidelines and resources. And so, for example, we send out a lot of those things. Um, one of the things I'd point out that we do send out to people are, is an individual uh, development plan, so-called IDP, which basically uh, lays out uh, – I mean, there are two different formal things that I think are worth doing. One is an individual development plan where you actually write out your goals, clinical goals, research goals. Uh, usually, you don't put your family goals in there, but if you want to, um, uh, and so on. Uh, and it's particularly useful because six months, nine months, 12 months later, you go back and look at it. And they can, you can see what you've accomplished, where you've fallen short, or maybe it has no relevance and you're, you're, you're going to change it. The other thing is mentoring contracts. I personally don't like mentoring contracts, but there are a number of programs that actually have formal mentoring contracts. And what they, it, it's worth looking at them if only to see what the issues are, because one of the big problems in mentorship is misaligned expectations. Uh, and this kind of gets people on the same page so that the mentee isn't thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do, and the mentor has totally different expectations. Then you get into big problems. Absolutely. And, and that sort of leads into our next question, was, which is, um, what makes a strong or a good mentor-mentee relationship? Um, can you sort of outline some of the things people should maybe strive for or look for in that kind of relationship? I think the first thing would be uh, for the the mentee, uh, the input that the mentee would bring to the table. I think I should be driven by the mentee. And um, also, like Jean already alluded to, subject area. Is it uh, the person in an area that you would benefit from. Um, and that is why we actually, I also support the idea of having um, several uh, mentors or different mentors depending on the subject area. Uh, so you can go to different people. And yeah, so that if you have that, I mean, it, it's the relationship is going to be stronger. And then two, if you have some goals that the, your mentors know that this is what we have to achieve in six months, in a year, in two years. It also helps um, because you're going to uh, continuously evaluate whether you have achieved those goals or not. So those are very, very important in my mind that uh, if 
that relationship has these ingredients. One, um, having a goal set, and then two, being driven by the mentee. I mean, the, the, the mentors also uh, actually benefit, uh, even though they, we don't talk most time about that, but they also have huge benefit from this relationship. But I, I think that the mentee should be the one who is uh, driving this relationship. It's called managing up. Can you talk more about what that means? Um, so t- managing up, as Jean said, is that you, the, so the mentee should know what are your goals. What, so I'll give an example. I actually had three mentors. I had a biologist and I had a pharmacologist and I had a clinician. And um, it wasn't the beginning of that relationship, but probably six months to a year into the relationship, I realized that I couldn't be like my biologist mentor, and I cannot compete for grants with him. And I also realized that I couldn't be as good as my pharmacology mentor because I could not. We will be writing similar grants, and uh, Professor Chen is going to score better than me anytime too. And then I couldn't be as good as my clinical HIV clinical mentor. So then I decided that why can't I just have a sort of bring all these people together and into me. So I wanted to be an expert in biology, pharmacology, and clinical, and it served well when I decided to do that because then you you take bits and pieces from each one of them and make it your own, and you have really come up with a special person, an expert, somebody who can speak to all three disciplines. So that I think that's why you have to. And then the second important thing that why the mentee needs to be, I, I had a few problems, especially with my first mentor. And I, I ran to my uh, section chief to complain. And I actually, he said something that I like. He said, mental mentee relationship is like a marriage. You have to learn to work at it. I didn't like that answer, but three years um, after, I realized that that's actually true because uh, you have to, you have to, it's, it helps you to brainstorm or troubleshoot with people. And if even it's personal, uh, personality issues, I think uh, it, it, you get experience working with people, um, conflict resolution, and it, it's not going to be rosy, but you, you would get that opportunity and also the, the ability to do that. So that's why uh, you should be in the driver's seat. Again, you have to manage up and not expect the mentor to do all the work. And I think if the mentor is doing all the work, that's probably not a good relationship. So that that's perfect, Elijah. I was actually going to ask a question about structuring the mentorship relationship. And I think for me personally, um, realizing that the mentee is such a big part of the relationship also took me a while. Um, I remember getting some advice from somebody that if you go into your meeting with an agenda and and set that time that you're meeting with your mentor, you're likely to get more out of that meeting than just going in without a plan. But are there other ways that a mentee can structure their meetings? So the... Um 
One would be to have regular meetings. Uh, you uh, you have to uh, work with your mentor, and the mentor should be in agreement um, how often uh, you have to. And then two, we talked about having an agenda, but what you could do also is to have incremental progress. Uh, come to your mentor with progress report. I think... Uh, Human beings are all the same. I mean, if you are a mentor and your mentee comes to you and it seems like uh, he or she is making progress, you you will kind of like that. So it also boosts you, your morale to go on. So I, th- I think you should come with uh, something. What have, what have you done since the last time we met? And what are you going to do next? I mean, lead the meeting. It's not only coming with the agenda, but leading the meeting. And I think if you did that uh, and came also with questions, one important thing that I think we still do not do well in our department is actually connecting mentees to the outside world. Uh, you could have a mentor here, but you also need to be connected. If you are in a subspecialty, you have to know people in that subspecialty and you have to be known. And it only can be done or your mentor can facilitate. And that's why we're talking about multiple mentors. Maybe your mentor A doesn't have or doesn't work in your subspecialty. So it's going to be difficult to do that. So those are things that the mentee could also bring up. You have to be connected to your subspecialty and you have to be known. And if it's not happening, you have to bring that up to your mentor and ask your mentor's advice or um, ask uh, his or her help to recruit others. So the the when we talk about having multiple mentors, I mean it could be a decision that is taken by both mentee and mentor. You all come to realization that I can't support you in this uh, field or with this. But what about why don't we talk to Gene or what don't you talk to this person and see if they could be? And I think that is the 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 process, the practical way of uh, a mentee taking charge of this. And don't just come to the meeting with the agenda. Send it in advance so they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Jean, could you speak to um, steps somebody might take uh, if they feel like they're in a mentor-mentee relationship that is not going well or that is not working? Well, they should probably start by talking to their section chief. And uh, if they don't get satisfaction there, they should come to one of us. That's what we're here for. Great. Thank you. Also, I wanted to say that I know, Jean, you've shared with us these ideas of individualized um, plans and, and faculty contracts, which we've been working on a, a website for the junior faculty development group, which we're going and we can post this on the website once it's up and running. Um, I also wanted to clarify in the formal mentoring program, you all generally set, set up the junior faculty with just one mentor. Is that correct? That's right. But the expectation is that they will find other people or talk to or ask if there's some need that they feel their mentor isn't uh, equipped for, they could ask the mentor whom, to whom to speak or they could come talk to us about it. I mean, we, we, it's not that we're averse to suggesting other names. It's just that there are a lot of people and 
there, there are actually more mentees than there are mentors in our department. And uh, so we're happy to suggest other, other people in addition if, if they would like. So this goes into my next question, which some junior faculty have asked to us, is how, how can they go about finding mentors outside of the Department of Pediatrics within the university or elsewhere? It's actually very easy. And I, I had three mentors, and two of them were outside the Department of Pediatrics. And um, again, like Jean suggested, uh, we have, through this program, you would have one mentor, but you should be able to talk to your mentor or bring the agenda or your goals. And your uh, designated mentor should be able to help you. I mean, they will probably would know people outside of the department or um, at a, the university who may be of help. The second thing that I would advise junior faculties to do is that there are a lot of, depending on your your area of interest, there are a lot of seminars and talks that are advertised all around the campus. So if you attend some of this and you hear somebody speak and you think that that person may be of help, just make an appointment with a person and speak with that person. So you use the systems. I mean, attend conference, attend uh, talks, and and uh, you may be on the right path. Um, I was just going to put in a plug for, um, I, I usually go to the Pediatric Academic Society's meeting every year, and they have this session called Speed Mentoring, where you send your CV in, and there's six or seven senior faculty from other institutions, and you it's sort of like speed dating. You spend 10 minutes, and you move on, and they give you one or two pointers on your CV or your career, which I, I've learned a lot from that experience. Great. Um, and so um, maybe just a couple of last questions. Um, Jean, you mentioned earlier that you do teach a course um, about mentoring. And I wonder if you could mention if there are other um, courses or seminars that people um, can attend in terms of learning how to be a good mentee or mentor. There, are, What there are are a lot of websites that are very good. I don't know that there are other formal courses here at Yale. Um, but... Uh, there are some good websites with a lot of information, which I may have already sent to Jespre, but if not, I can send again and you can post them. Absolutely. Great. Um, and any final advice or comments that either of you would like to add for our listeners before we wrap up today? Um, I mean, we've said this over and over again. I just want to reiterate that uh, Mentoring is a process. It's a moving target. And uh, you don't need to stay in a relationship that is not working for you. And so that's why we have the faculty group to help. If you are in uh, finding difficulties with your mentor or a mentor having problems with a mentee, I think uh, those are things that can be sorted out. And uh, we have a pathway, first and foremost, uh, talk to your section chief. If you are not satisfied with what uh, advice or the resolution, uh, definitely come talk to uh, members of the committee and then we would um, uh, um, be able to help. And then the last but not the least, it's again, uh, I just cannot but say again and again that 
the mentee should be in the driver's seat. It's your career, it's your life, and um, you should not be limited by the resources within the department or even within the university. You should be able to go elsewhere to get what you want. I mean, we all read scientific papers and we go to societal meetings, so uh, nothing, you should not be limited. Yeah, and I mean, I, I interview a lot of peop- faculty candidates and other people come. And I, I, what I always say is uh, if you want to go somewhere, hope to open your mouth, hope somebody sticks in a silver spoon and says, swallow, you won't do so well here. But if you have a little get up and go and are not afraid to ask for something, the, people are always very helpful Uh that's my experience, and I've been around for a while. And just to clarify to our listeners, obviously both of you have offered um, yourselves as people that um, they can reach out to, but who are the other committee members on the mentoring committee? Sonia Caprio, Mark Auerbach, although I don't know. I, we haven't met in a while. It's not clear, but I th- as of right now, it's those two are the other two. Great. Well, thank you both for being here today and for the insightful discussion. Um, Thank you very, very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.